Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast, we welcome in Arash Markazi, of course, the new host uh, in San Diego on Mightier 1090. He's on at 3 East and noon Pacific time on that great stick out in SoCal. Hey, Arash, good to have you on Coast to Coast. Congrats on the gig. How was your first day? Did you have a blast? I did have a blast. It's a, it's such a thrill to kind of, you know, be working at the same station with you. I've heard you for years. You know, we got to get you out to Lipstick City, as you know, out here in Los Angeles, Sunset Boulevard, 1090. That's what I told Bill Hagen and the crew over there. I mean, you can hear the signal clear as day here. So I'm living in Los Angeles. So I'm trying to talk to my friends in San Diego. Like, I'll talk Dodgers. I'll talk Padres. But, man, this signal is amazing. It is amazing. And I know that... uh you know, going way back uh, when I lived out there, it was a phenomenal station. And when it went away, I thought it was just like somebody had died. And then uh, we brought it back to life. It's just fantastic with uh, the history of the station with legends like Wolfman Jack and, of course, Hacksaw Hamilton, all the great shows they've had over the years. I know when you were a kid, uh, you had told the story Tell everybody what it was like when you were a little boy and you dreamt of being on the station. I mean, Scott, I would type up faxes. So this is before computer and printer. I would type up the faxes and I was a very proper uh, uh, typist. So I would put the date. So I put this out on social. I would type up a fax to Jim Rome, Hacksaw Hamilton, the loose cannons back in the day because I was too young to call in. But that is what this station means to me in, in, in terms of, you know, Jim Rome, you. I mean, I, I love sports talk radio. I love the medium so much. So I'm new to it. It's still like a learning process for me. And I don't know how you do two shows a day. I was so nervous about my first show. But Scott, this is such a perfect time to have a sports talk show in Southern California. You got the Lakers. You got the Dodgers. You got the Padres. You got so much happening here right now. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I think it's just evolving uh, the market again, like in, in a sports way that's just phenomenal. What they're doing in Inglewood with SoFi, uh, this is a, you know, a pristine Shangri-La stadium for the NFL, for the Olympics. I think what Ballmer's doing in Inglewood is going to be a multi-billion dollar basketball facility that's going to blow away everything, including the Staples Center. I think the area there is just 
uh, out of control. Cool. What do you think of what's going on in Inglewood and uh, with those teams having the, you know, Rams, the Chargers, the Clippers? It's kind of turned into a new little uh, neighborhood uh, back in the day when the Forum was there. It's jumping again. Yeah, I mean, Scott, you touched on it. We did not have a first-class stadium. That's why all of the pro football left. We lost the Rams. We lost the Raiders. We didn't have a first-class stadium. Not only do we have a first-class stadium now, we have a $5 billion crown jewel that'll be the future home of the Super Bowl, the college football national championship game, World Cup games will be here. The Olympics will will be here. So all these amazing events that used to be held in Los Angeles but left just because God bless the Coliseum, God bless the Rose Bowl, but those are not first-class, first-tier facilities. So now that we have SoFi, we got the NFL back, we got all these events back, and it's just such a great time to be in Los Angeles. I know we get knocked for not being a hardcore sports town, but I think that will change soon. Yeah, I, I never believed that for, uh, for one second when I lived there. I loved it, and uh, I think the Pac-12 is awesome. And I used to love going to everything, Dodgers Stadium. I used to go to see the Angels play. It was 15 minutes from my crib in Huntington Beach. I used to go watch the Ducks, the Kings. I used to go to Hollywood Park, Santa Anita, and we have chicks in G-strings surfing, <laughs> and nobody else has that. And San Diego kicks everywhere else's ass. What do you think of the uh, – Padres season and how they're in this series now down one to the Dodgers a big game tonight against Kershaw for him huge game tonight I mean the, the way that I see this series playing out is that I had the Padres winning game two I do think this will be a five game series I do think the Dodgers will win it in five the one thing to watch for tonight we are getting mid-season Kershaw in the playoffs for the first time because again Scott as you know Kershaw normally breaks down during the postseason. Well, this was just a 60-game season. So we're kind of, for the first time, getting a midseason Kershaw during the playoffs. And if the Dodgers can get a midseason regular season Kershaw during the playoffs, they might win this whole thing. So we'll see. I'm just excited we have a Dodgers-Padres, Los Angeles-San Diego rivalry for the first time. We have not had that because the Padres have not been that good. But that's going to change. This is a good young team. So as bummed as I am that we don't get these games live, we can't go to Petco, we can't go to Dodger Stadium. This is the beginning of what I hope will be a long-term, uh, you know, we, we are going to see these two teams in the playoffs for quite some time. I hope so. I love the young kid, Tatis. And, you know, I go to San Diego a lot uh, for my family surfing and stuff. And, uh, I love going to Petco, and I take my family to the games there, and I just think it's a great uh, downtown, great ballpark, the gas lamp. I think the whole thing is, is kick-ass. Have you been to games there yet? Uh, have you seen how cool it is down there yet? Yes, and I touched on this on the show today. It is my favorite ballpark, because here's what I'll do in Los Angeles. That Pacific Surfliner train, you hop on that train from downtown Los Angeles. They call it the Pacific Surfliner because you're, you're right on the beach. So you bring a bottle of wine. You don't have to drive. You got the beach right next to you. It drops you off right there, Scott. You're right at Petco Park. They got a hotel basically connected to the park, so you never have to leave. You, you could drink on the train. You could drink in the ballpark. You could go across the train again. You know, you could drink in the hotel lobby. I know you know what I'm talking about, so we got to do this. When COVID's past us, we got to do this. 
You can do a lot more than drink in, in San Diego, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Uh, let me ask you this question. How do you think uh, that ends Friday night, the Lakers? I think that Davis and LeBron James uh, are going to be holding a lot of trophies on Friday night. They wrap it up, Scott. I, I thought it was going to be a sweep, but Jimmy Butler had to play the game of his life to push it to five. I think Friday night, they wrap it up. And what I'm more interested about is what happens in the streets of Los Angeles. We're not going to get an official parade because I don't think we can have that during COVID. That will not stop the people of Los Angeles from taking to the streets. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's a Friday night. The Lakers, for the first time in 10 years, if they clinch the championship, What's going to happen in the streets of Los Angeles? I'm very excited to see what happens, but I do think they close it out. You saw that that they want to close this out. So when you saw at the end of that game, the face of LeBron James, this is it. They, they, they are not going to play around. This series will be done by Friday night. What do you think of the rest of that team besides those two superstars? Do you think the rest of them are a bunch of, like you've had guys like Barkley say none of them matter. I've said that Green can't shoot anymore. I was surprised Pope had a big game last night because I think he's been trash uh, in the playoffs, bricking from downtown. Caruso gets all this love. I don't think he can shoot either. Uh, I know everybody, he's a fan favorite. There are no fans anymore in arenas. Uh, what do you think of the rest of that team? You're right. I mean, I thought that for this team to be as good as they were this year, Kyle Kuzma would have had to be the third guy. There's a petition right now online for Kyle Kuzma not to get a championship ring. Dwight Howard played well. <laughs> Nobody wanted Dwight Howard. If the if the Lakers did not sign Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard would have not played this season. Rajon Rondo may, may not have been in the league. And so that's the most amazing thing about this team. They have two of the top five players. Great. We knew that. I don't know who the third guy is. And so KCP was the third best player in game four. Who knows who's going to be the third best player? That that could be a good thing in the future. You know, maybe, I mean, there's room for this team to improve because you're 100% right, Scott. They don't, I mean, there's a massive drop off after LeBron and Anthony Davis. So there's a lot of room for improvement on this team, actually. Hey, respectfully, I got 30 seconds, uh, Arash. Tell me about... um... What do you think of uh, Herbert's chances in New Orleans on Monday night if they get that game in with the hurricane that's coming down on the Gulf Coast? It's going to be interesting. You know, the, the Chargers are doing what the Chargers have done. But Herbert, is, I mean, just from the first game against the Chiefs and what he's shown in Tampa Bay, he is a future star. So as bad as this team may be in terms of win-loss because they're always going to charger it up and lose at the end, they have a future franchise quarterback. Hey, bro, congrats on the gig. I'll see you. I know you're going to knock it out of the park. It's fun having you on right before we come on on Coast to Coast. Thanks for coming on the show today. Best of luck out in San Diego and all of Southern California on 1090. Thanks, Scott. I'll talk to you soon. My man, Arash Markazi of uh, Mightier 1090 in sunny San Diego. He's living large out there. We're about to have winter. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. The way they're going, like, I don't know, they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Well, no, if they're trying to tank, then they're going to keep Dan Quinn. But just imagine if they got Trevor Lawrence and they got a real quarterback. The Jets might suck, but so do the Falcons right now. The Sports Grid Network. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, We gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last night, uh, Cam uh, actually uh, drank a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue and watched the entire NHL draft. <laughs> he, wa- he watched every pick. He finished off a whole bottle of blue. Carver, how you know he was all over that draft. And then today when he was hung over, he was like, what do you mean they traded Murray to the Senators? And he belched. I mean, you could see Look, it was a sloppy night up in Toronto. If Cam needed two bottles to get through the first round last night, he's going to need about a case and a half to get through rounds two through seven today. I mean, they are taking <laughs> forever to get through this thing. I get they're doing it differently because they're all on their computers and on their phones. They're not just walking over to the table. But, man, they're going to take about 12 hours to get this draft in this afternoon. Yeah. and uh, Is there anything worse than – uh, the NHL draft, honestly, I think baseball no. and, and NHL is literally, uh, I've had more fun in the back of a police car. I mean, it is honestly the worst. It, they talk about kids like from high school and everything else. You've never heard of any of them. Not what you've heard of like one player in the NHL draft. And then they talk for two days about kids you've never Listen, heard of. But I've everything gone to see after, a lot of them play. Yeah, I've seen a lot everything, of kids play locally. I go to big games. Yeah, I like it. Look. Everything after the top five in the NHL draft and the MLB draft, you are throwing a dart. I'm sorry, you are. You're throwing a dart. Anything after top five. The top five guys, yes, they could be difference makers immediately. Anything after that, you're, it's all about that organization's development, how they develop the player, et cetera. Um, it's, it's tough. It's a tough watch, though, that's for sure. Um, right, how about the basketball? Uh, yes. Let's do it. Go ahead, Scotty. Let's get to the well, basketball uh, last night. Right. Lakers last night, game four, 102 to 96. They now lead the series three games to one. Game five is going to be on Friday night. Let's start, Scotty, with Anthony Davis. He says the Lakers were not going to get outworked like they were in game three. Here's AD. Um, as a team, we never want to be outworked. You know, we always say that, you know, if we're a team that's, you know, more physical, the hardest working team, then, you know, we really have a great chance of winning basketball games, uh, especially with the talent that we have. So, um, you know, we feel like we, we got bullied. We feel like we, we got outworks. Uh, they're more scrappier than us, and we didn't, we didn't like that. You know, we saw it on film. They were doing whatever they wanted, you know, especially Jimmy. And like I said, we didn't like it. So we wanted to come out and just be demanding on the defensive end, uh, demanding on the offensive end, playing with grit, you know, 
down on the floor, loose balls, you know, talking, you know, being scrappy. Um, and we're able to do that tonight. And you know, if we if we play like that every game, you know, especially next game. Yeah, I don't even know what all that rhetoric was uh, because I didn't see all that. I, that wasn't what I was watching uh, last night. Some effort by the Lakers that was so much more deep than the Heat, and they were just diving for loose balls and and making that second extra tip and that rebound and blocking up, all this other nonsense. I didn't see any of that. Here's what I saw. I saw LeBron James uh, dominate the game and the refs. He got every call, and he had 28. And it's the same story I've been telling you uh, since long before this series is that and they didn't even do it last night, and they won. If if Davis has 30, they win. If LeBron has 25, it's over. He had 28 last night. The other guy has 22. They're unbeatable. And then they got Pope having some productivity. Uh, he had 15. Green had 10. I, you know, at least Green wasn't as bad as he's been, and neither was Pope. That was a, a change of scenery. Morris and Kuzma had nine each. So they had little pieces help out. But I didn't see a glaring difference in either team in terms of what Davis was talking about, hustle and doing the little things and and just we weren't going to get outworked and all this other rhetoric. Seriously, like no one saw any of that. What what are you talking about? There was none of that. What was there? I never saw anyone diving for anything or crashing into the stands or, uh, you know, making, you know, swats and taking charges and. All I saw was LeBron. I said last night in the middle of the game, he went to the line uh, six times in 90 seconds. Christ, they, the guy, he walks on the floor. I'm surprised they don't bring him out a buffet and a, and a crown for his head and, uh, and, a, and a new Bentley at halftime. I mean, it's like they just hand everything to him. I'm not even making this stuff up either. And everyone in L.A. knows it, too. And that's why they smoke weed legally out there, because they're just smoking blunts right now going, he's on our team, he's not on your team, you lose with a big old L on your forehead. But he gets every call. Nobody else gets the juice this guy gets. It's unbelievable. Well, let's listen to LeBron, Scotty, because when he woke up yesterday morning, he just knew that he was going to have a big game. He felt like he was going to be in the zone. Here is LeBron talking about the day leading up to game four last night. When I woke up from my nap um, this morning after our team meeting, I just, I just felt that, felt that vibe. I felt that, felt that pressure. I felt like for me personally, this was one of the biggest games of my career. And um, just wanted to relay that message to my teammates, the type of zone I was in, the type of moment it was, because I just know how great of a team that we're playing against. And after the game three um, win, that, that confidence that they had, that they still have, even after tonight's loss, they're just a, a gritty, so damn well coached team. But I feel like if we want to be a championship ball club, if we really want to be a championship team, then we, we got we to have that same grit and that same attitude. So that was just, just my mindset, kind of still in it. Obviously, my, it's my mind kind of working right now. I just want to shoot myself. Hey, look, that's great. He's having visions. You know what he's doing? He's doing a, a Kobe. Kobe used to do this all the time. Uh, he'd say, "This, it's not over. We got work to do. I'm not happy about anything. We have to get down to the basics. We have to play good on both ends. Like it's, uh, I mean, it's just... Oh, the, the dropping the lines of what they have to do. And he had a nap and had visions. Oh, I've seen it all now. I really have. Look, 
LeBron is God. We get it. And it's real simple. It's not because of a nap or because of visions or because of a higher power. It's because he's better than everyone on the heat. Everyone. There's not one player that can hold his onions, and that's all there is to it. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a great player, but he can't hold his jock. That's it. Like, are you kidding me? If LeBron really wanted to, he would do whatever he wants to Butler, including throwing down in his face because he's as big as a monster on top of Butler. I think Butler is a great player because he doesn't pick up his dribble. He's smart. He gives the ball to the right person in the right spot for the right shot, the right look. He doesn't pick up his uh, handle. He just keeps moving and cycling and circling. He reminds me of Drogic in the sense that if they had Drogic, this would have been a different series altogether because I don't think the Lakers would have known how to handle Drogic. Uh, they couldn't stop Butler. Butler had the 40 triple-double, so... Uh, this is about LeBron being better than everybody. That's why they're going to win is because he's better. Boom. Let's hear from Jimmy Butler right now, Scotty. Of course, he had the monster effort, the triple-double with 40 points in Game 3. Almost had a triple-double again last night. He missed by an assist. But he says you just cannot make mistakes against this very good Laker team. We know we got to be better. We know that we can be better, as I've been saying this entire time. Uh, we we show glimpses of it, and then we uh, – we make some crucial mistakes, whether it be on the defensive end or the offensive end, um, and, and beat ourselves in the end. But like I always say, they're a really, really, really good team. We got to play damn near perfect to beat them. We didn't do that tonight. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to do it Friday either. I think Friday night, uh, like I said uh, earlier on the show, they'll be holding a lot of hardware up in the air and spraying champagne, and that'll be that. I think that uh, we all know what's going to happen. It's inevitable. Friday, Sunday at the latest. Well, we've already started to hear the cliches, Scotty. I heard Spolstra after the game say, we're going to take it one game at a time. Now here's Bam out of bio saying pretty much the same thing. We just got to go out and win a game on Friday. He's, here's Bam. I'm back so against the wall. It's, it's not like it's never been done before. And, uh, you know, we still got hope. We still going to fight to the end, start to finish. In Portuguese, that means uh, we're getting bent over, spanked, and called Charlie. That's what that means. <laughs> I wish one guy would just say it. We're getting our ass kicked, and it's over, and we're screwed. And it's gonna we're, be a we're long not gonna. Night on we're Friday. not gonna win on Friday. We're we're just we have our bags packed at the Grand Floridian. We are ready to get out of here uh, afterwards. How about Russ giving the uh, the staff at the Grand Floridian a, a cool a cool eight K? How about that, Scotty? What would be better if Bam said, you know, we're not really feeling good about Friday, and I'm also not feeling good about leaving eight thousand as a tip for no. the staff. <laughs> All these guys in the finals now have to live up to what Russ left at eight K. Um, a couple other things you talked about. LeBron on the Wheaties box. He's probably been on that thing a bunch of times. Mark Cuban and Ted Cruz. Yes. Mark Cuban and Ted Cruz <laughs> get into a fight on Twitter, a long back and forth on if the league's political stance has attributed to the awful ratings. Honestly, Scotty, I watched a pregame interview with Adam Silver on ESPN before the game, and he basically said that's exactly what's going on because we're not going to do it next year in the game. What's that? Uh, allowing what? I have all the messages, the stuff on the floor, the stuff on the, the messages, the social justice messages on the jersey. Silver said we're gonna, it's going to be an off-the-court thing next season. Well, there you go. So, uh, But here's the deal. Does anyone give a rat's ass what Ted Cruz thinks 
uh, or no. uh, what any politician <laughs> thinks of the NBA. And I listen, how many times do I have to say this? I watch every game. What you do at your house is up to you. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you watch the game. Can you imagine me caring what Ted Cruz is watching on television? You know what Ted watches? Ted watches Fox News all day. That's what Ted does. And Ted's a nerd and a dork, okay? No one wants to hang out with Ted because he's a loser. His wife doesn't want to sleep with him either because he's boring. And the bottom line is, I watch NBA games. I don't care what anyone else does. If you don't like it, go walk your doggy around the neighborhood. Have a smoke or something. <laughs> Darvin Ham going to interview for the Clipper job. He's a Bucks assistant, if you didn't know. Who's that? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. I was just thinking that uh, John Hamm would do a better job, I think, as the Clippers coach. The guy, the actor from Mad Men, I think that, honestly, no offense to uh, Darwin, I'm sure he's an incredible coach. Dar- uh, Darwin. <laughs> you are evil and unholy. Anyway, I was 4-0 yesterday with my baseball plays on com and on SportsGrid on Coast to Coast. Uh, I hope you remember. Uh, it's a rare day when I hit all of the – uh, baseball playoff games. I, I think the A's just took the lead on a bomb, an absolute bomb by Matt Olson to right field. Wow. I have to see where that thing landed because it looked like it made it to the top of the stairs. Yesterday I was wrong because it, it hit like 20 stairs down. I have to actually see where this one lands. But I mean, this thing is a mammoth shot. Well, I'll, dry, I'll let you know because uh, I'll, I'll see it in about a minute and a half. So I'll let you know in a minute where it landed. Well, okay? here it is. <laughs> let me see where it lands. So Now, listen, uh, yeah, the, it's dry and it's hot in Los Angeles. And the balls it are is. just flying out of there and Petco. I have to actually see where this thing landed. They're showing his, you know, I'm launch right angle, now. His, his apex, his speed. No, of that, the ball that, one, that one got to the top. Top Over of the there, right that field. was no joke. Right, that was that was no joke. That was a bomb right there. That that was Olsen got all of that one. That's for sure. That one got that way up in the uh, right center field seats. Do you think it's amazing that Willie Stargell is the only guy to ever hit it out of that stadium? He did it twice. 
Yeah, no, a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, tremendous. And uh, Olsen was pretty close right there. I don't know where they're going to measure that one at, but that one did not bounce on the stairs like that one that you saw yesterday. That one was yeah. not a bouncer. That one was in the air. Uh, so wow. we'll get to this one in a moment. Let me just keep get let you know what's going on elsewhere. Uh, the Braves right now, 2 nothing lead on the Marlins. They're going to the bottom of the eighth. The Marlins just had a man on in the top of the eighth. They could not get anything done. So big performance by Ian Anderson today for the Braves, Scotty, as they are a couple outs away from taking a commanding 2-0 lead in that series. Uh, of course, yesterday they broke out the big bats, and uh, Brian Snitker said they're never out of a game with their high-powered offense. Unfortunately, Scotty, it's been fun with the Marlins, but I don't really see a scenario where they're going to win three in a row from the Braves, uh, especially when they haven't been able to score runs here over the first two days. Question will be, can they win a game? Uh, Darno hit yeah. another home run today, a bomb to left. And uh, this guy is on fire right now, swinging the bat. There's no doubt about it. The Braves look good. I got to tell you, the difference for me is we know the Marlins have this great starting pitching, and they do, and they've been effective, but not enough. Because one or two pitches have been the mistake pitches, like yesterday it was Swanson and Darno, a three-run shot, Darno again today. And the difference for me has actually been the Braves pitching has been better than the Marlins pitching, not only on the starters, but in their uh, relief roles. I think their bullpen has come in one by one in the job that Snickers asked them to uh, do and perform, and they've done it very well. They've shut down the Marlins with every reliever they put out there. Yes, they have. And if they do lose this game today, they will rely on Sixto Sanchez who has been extremely good for them to try to win them a game tomorrow. But they got to score a run, Scotty, like we keep saying. Uh, game three here going on, you were just talking about it. Astros and A's out in L.A. 3-2 uh, lead for the A's right now. They are trying to stay alive here. They are down two games to none. Uh, and the Astros have been red hot. All of their guys that over the past few years have caused problems, whether it be Altuve, whether it be Bregman, uh, Correa. And let's hear Scotty from George Springer. He had two home runs yesterday. He's got three in the series. He knows that the Astros can still get it done despite the rough regular season that they had. I've played with all these guys my whole career. Um, I know what they can do. I've seen it happen day in and day out for uh, six plus years. And, and I believe in them. Um, you know, us as a team believes in each other. Yeah, sure. You know, we, we, we had a, a, a little bit of a, um, a harder year this year. And I, I, I think um, we we expect to play well all the time, and when you don't, it, it, it is a, a little bit hard. But um, it's fun, you know. That this is this is this is a team that believes in one another, sticks together, um, and or really really tries to enjoy the day. I think that if they would have had fans from spring training on and a normal baseball season, the Astros would not have made the postseason because they were getting abused at spring training like no other, and they were not handling it well at all. They had all kinds of incidents, and I think the pressure and the abuse was getting to them. It was painfully obvious to everyone. This short season helped them. There were no fans to abuse them, no media to abuse them. They got away with murder, with the cheating scandal, and now they're back in all their glory playing great postseason baseball. A, I think that they are on a revenge tour, and there's nothing better than having something to uh, have a chip on your shoulder about when you're playing sports. And B, everyone hates their guts, so they're trying to beat everyone. They're, it's Astros against the field, and – See, they're down in this game then three to two after the Olsen home run. 
I don't think for one minute this game's over because the Astros have been scoring runs in droves in every game. In fact, if they win the game today, the series is over. Let's not forget that. They already won the first two games. And I went with them again today because they're better than the A's. And I've been saying it since uh, the series started. And all you have to do is look down their lineup and you know they're better. Yeah, they're dangerous right now, Scotty, because they are playing the us against the world card. They know that absolutely nobody wants to see them win, and that includes everybody in baseball. The only people that want to see them win is them in that room and the Astro fans down in Houston. Nobody else wants to see it, and they're using that to their advantage right now. Let's go back to last night. Tampa Bay Rays take game two from the Yankees, 7-5, to five, series now tied, one game apiece. Let's first, Scotty, hear from Austin Meadows. He had one of the many Tampa Bay home runs last night. He says that this was a must-win for the Rays. For us to be able to bounce back today, um, you know, was huge. Um, you know, I think for us, especially for our for our pitching staff, give credit to them. Um, you know, Glass settling in, and uh, you know, the guys after him just lights out. Especially Nick coming to the to the right there in that big situation, that big spot, and be able to uh, you know strike out the side was huge. So um, credit to our guys. You know, credit to us for bouncing back. Um, obviously, it was a it was a huge game tonight. Um, you obviously don't want to go down to 2-0, so us to even out the series and, and build that momentum into tomorrow, um, I think was huge. You know, it really is amazing when I watch the Pirates, uh, you know, beat the Yankees last night. And I mean the Pirates because the Rays are basically the <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates after the Pirates Glass gave the Meadows. Rays all the best pitchers in the game <laughs> uh, and said, here, you take them. We can't afford them, so you take them and, and have fun playing in the World Series. So uh, I bet on Glass now last night. I have to uh, ask you, Carver, I, you're the uh, authority on all things uh, boogie down Bronx and Buffalo, I might add. But uh, I did not like the, what they did with Davey Garcia, to be honest with you. And I, I thought uh, J.A. Happ, uh, you know what that was last night? That was putting him in coach to fly him out of New York and get rid of him. Watching him pitch last night was his last game pitching for the Yankees. Yeah, and listening to him after the game was even worse, Scotty, trying to listen to him explain the situation. He was not happy at all about what went on. He didn't like the decision by the Yankees, and he pretty much let everybody know it. Here's the thing. You know, they got together, Scotty, and all the guys at the Yankees, Cashman and and all their people, the, the nerds, and they did all their charts and graphs, and they said, this is going to be the best thing that we can do to win this game, and they were dead wrong because they were relying on Jay Happ to get them through it. That kid Garcia has a good arm. You've seen him pitch a bunch now here over the last right. six weeks. He's been very good for them. Uh, one, it, he get, I get he gave up a homer in the first. So what? Boone, Boone tried to sell you after the game that uh, the plan wasn't before the game to take him out after one. Well, if that wasn't the plan, then why was Hap warming up while the first batter was in the batter's box? So clearly, you did have a plan of that you were going to bring Hap in after the first inning. Everybody was lying back and forth about what went on. I thought they burned Garcia, and they're in a dangerous spot now, Scotty. I think tonight they're okay because they didn't get to pitch Britton, Chapman, and Green last night. So they have Tanaka. If they can get six out of him, they know the formula that they can go to. Here's where they're going to have a problem tomorrow, game four, because I don't know what they're doing. You're going to go back to Garcia, even though he only pitched an inning, or you're going to pitch Jordan Montgomery. You saw the hacks that they roll out of that bullpen when it's early, whether it be the Luizicas and the Holders, and Adovino hasn't been good. So I think the Yankees are in trouble tomorrow, Scotty. I think they should have let Garcia go a little bit longer in that game. 
Uh, how about tonight? Uh, Stanton's been unbelievable. I know that we, me and you both have slaughtered Stanton for a long time because he never plays. But the guy is showing you that when he's locked in, he can get it done. He's got five homers in the postseason. He had two last night. One of them still hasn't even landed. Uh, here he is talking about tonight's game three with Tanaka on the hill. It's going to be a fight. Uh, all these games, all these games are as expected. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to Masa being on, on the mound and um, uh, putting us in a good spot to, to, get, to go up in the series. Listen, uh, he is, without a doubt, and I've never not uh, said that he's dangerous at the plate, but he plays once a month. I mean, the guy never plays. So don't tell me they got their money's worth from Stanton uh, at all since he's come to New York. But I will not uh, deny that watching him in these four playoff games hit all these home runs was awesome. And that's what he gets paid to do is to hit home runs. And he's great at it. He does not play enough to avoid the persecution that we've given him. The guy never plays. He deserves everything he gets from the tabloids and the, and the press in New York, the radio and TV. They all abuse him because he never plays. And Judge never plays either. So I don't want to hear it. I will say this, though, Scotty. If he's going to sit out the entire regular season and always be hurt but show up in the playoffs and hit a home run every single day, I'm, I'm fine with that, too. I know, you're paying him, I know you're paying him a lot of money to do more than that, but if he's just going to show up in the playoffs and hit home runs, I'm cool. Uh, final series, Dodgers. Dodgers take game one from the Padres last night. Uh, we'll get to the Clevenger nonsense in a moment. Let's start with Dave Roberts. He says that the Dodgers kept grinding, and they finally were able to break through against that Padre bullpen late in the game. It's difficult, um, and it's you know as far as weathers, it's 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 good to see. I mean, just a quick ascension. I played against his father, and so there's good pedigree there. But um, for us to just keep our composure and and every new arm that came in, just to have a plan. And I really thought one through nine, uh, everyone that took at bats tonight, I just really thought they had good plans tonight. Look, uh, the Dodgers are very tough, and it's their uh, one through nine is so dangerous. Like, I know at the bottom of that order, the guys are just as dangerous as guys in the middle and the front end of it. And they have the pitching. They have it all. They have speed now with bets. They have everything, this team. They have, uh, you know, more speed than just bets, too. Guys that can rake. Uh, I think the Padres have really good players, but I, I just last night, tonight's huge for the Padres because they're up against Kershaw. They go down two zip in this series. They're going to lose this series, if you ask me. And I think it's pretty obvious. Like, even though they have those four core stars in, in Tatis and Machado and, and Hosmer and then Myers, I, I, you know, the rest of the team doesn't stack up with the Dodgers. Let's hear from Clevenger, Scotty. We said yesterday, I don't know why the Padres had to rush him back. He had said in his bullpens that the arm was not feeling right. He left in the second inning. He just couldn't get through the pain. Here's Clevenger. Came in and uh, the tunnel and we went, you know, it was like a NASCAR pit stop almost. Uh, you know, tried to redo the, the K tape. Uh, I was Mark Pro in my arm, did some soft tissue and just try to keep it going the whole time. I was Mark Pro in while getting soft tissue and then uh, even tried to do weighted balls, but it just... It wasn't there, and it was, uh, you know, I was hoping that after I threw a few weighted balls, I started feeling a little better, so I was just going to at least try to go out there and get get through that next one, and then uh, it just, this, the, the same kind of sensation started coming back. Well, I mean, is it obvious now to the Padres that their uh, star pitcher's done? He's done. 
He can't throw. And if you if you put him out there again, he's going to miss a year. He'll end up having his arm uh, cut open, and that'll be it for a year. So here's the deal. Send him to the beach with a surfboard and a doobie and tell him to come back in spring training. He's done pitching. Simple as that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, uh, time for the fan question. Mac in Boulder, Colorado, Carver High today checking in. Uh, How about that? He writes, Pharrell Butler opts out of the Fort Myers tip-off classic along with the Buffs. What do you think of that? And uh, the bracket for the Maui Invitational, which will be played in lovely North Carolina. <laughs> this guy, Mac. Uh, it's Davidson <laughs> against Texas, Indiana against Providence, North Carolina against UNLV, and uh, Stanford against Alabama. Uh, I nothing could be worse than having your uh, you know tournament moved from Maui to somewhere in North Carolina. I mean, that's like yeah. uh, you know <laughs> you married her, and then five years later, that's. That's getting the short the end of the stick, it. right? I mean, because they booked that they booked that Maui Invitational years in advance. So all these schools and their coaching staffs, they're like, we're going to Maui in two years. We're going to Maui in one year. And then this year, just like everybody else's trips being ruined, uh, all the teams that were supposed to go to the Maui Invitational now have to go to beautiful North Carolina. Listen, I think uh, I've been to Maui. It's awesome. And uh, I think Indiana is going to be uh, very exciting this year. I think Archie Miller has got something going on in Bloomington that nobody wants to admit. And uh, there's some really good teams in that you know, tournament that they're going to play in North Carolina. As far as the one in Fort Myers, you lose Butler, you lose Colorado. I mean, why even have the tournament now at this point? You know, And Fort Myers isn't too shabby either. I go there a lot. I think uh, it's nice down in Fort Myers and Naples and – uh, I'd go there for a basketball tournament if I was some college kid. I don't know why Butler and Colorado are opting out, but they're not going. So, look, I just want college basketball back because Friday night when there's no more watching LeBron cry to the refs, I'm going to be jonesing <laughs> for basketball in about a month. Six weeks. And I need college Six back. weeks. We're there. We're almost there. Six weeks, November 25th. It's around the corner, Scotty. That's awesome. So bring me some college basketball. I love it. I don't care who they play, where they play. Let's dance. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.